coffee, man. Yeah. Walk the line, and I say peace. All right, everybody, welcome to Walk the Line, episode 19. That was beautiful. Woo! My name is Dan Cryer, and you are with me and my best bud, Ryan Smith. Ryan, say hello to everybody. Welcome back for another week of Walk the Line. We're going to go over some Super Bowl stuff, and then yep. we're going to finally get into some basketball here on Walk the Line. But first, what did you think about the Super Bowl? Okay, I can't say that on air without swearing, but yeah. you know what? It was a stinker. It was a stinker, but... And, uh, and who was the MVP of the game? The MVP was named Malcolm Smith, and I was wrong about that. And who did you bet? Uh, I made a friendly wager for... Uh, I, I agreed to shovel Ryan's driveway if it weren't uh, Percy Harvin. I, I, I luckily got the field, because you could have had me pick 20 players, and I wouldn't have picked... The right Malcolm guy. Smith. No, there's just no way. Yeah. Because we were thinking Wilson or Harvin. Yep. We jump and we're jumping right into it. You everybody at home understands at this point. If you're listening, you saw the Super Bowl because everybody had to, was mandatorily it was it was issued to the public. Must watch. And then what happened in the game was that it turned there out was to a be a game? Yeah. Possibly, well, if not that, probably, if not for sure, the worst Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. Somebody should probably tell Denver that the game happened because they're they're still waiting for it to start. And I had made a comment to to my buddy Bill in Seattle. I said there, if they played three games, they would split the first two. After seeing that one, I'm not so sure that mm-hmm. Seattle could take ten in a row. But we talked after the game, so could we get San Fran back on the field? I mean, they had that Seattle team on the ropes, yep. on the road too, in Seattle. They came to, it came down to the last play of the game. So how good is San Fran? I know that's that's the weirdest thing because Seattle was dominant. All season long, they kind of had some rust on them, and then they were maybe a little nervous. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe they were nervous at home, but they let it all hang out, and then everything went their way in the Super Bowl. It was crazy. Just it was such crazy. A fluke so game. It started with a safety. Yep. And the kickoff return for a touchdown to start the second half off a bounce kick. Yeah. Percy Harvin picks it up and goes goes in to make it 29 nothing. Thus, like super ending the game at that point. Yeah, because I mean, even at 22 nothing, Seattle was dominant. But we're like, all right. Denver, go get a touchdown, make it 22-7, maybe 22-10. Now now you got a game on your hands, but Denver, from play one to the end, was just never in the game. Nope. So, okay, so we have preambled, and we're going to – I just want to do a little uh, menu item table of contents for today's show. We are here at Michigan State University, Impact 89 FM, Impact Sports. Today, we're going to finish up the 2013 football season when the Super Bowl was on February 2nd, 2014. Thank gonna, the Lord we're done with the NFL. And it's done. It was, a, it was a weird, crazy year, so we'll just wrap up the year, and then we're going <clears> to <throat> get into some NCAA college basketball. We're going to talk about Michigan State, how they did cover the spread last night against Penn State. Ryan's not too happy, but I am about that. And then we're going we're gonna to do our best because normally uh, it's tough to, you know, this is kind of geared towards football, but we're in a basketball season now, and so the lines for basketball do not come out until the morning of the games. So what Ryan and I are going to do is, we, we become pretty good at this, especially when we get our heads together. We are going to try to predict the predictions and then say what we think is going to happen in the games, because there's some really good basketball coming up this weekend. So, how do you think about that, Ryan? I'm a basketball guy, but it, it's, it's just easier. It's, it's easier to bet on, but because f- the NFL was just so hard this year, Game, teams were all over the place, and yeah, who could have predicted a 43 to eight Super Bowl? It was just it was a weird well, NFL year overall. Yeah, and tell tell everybody like how we did the picks at your party and how many people picked Seattle to win that game. Zero. The person who won the the picks was the person who had Denver winning by the least. Yeah. So it just and I I don't I, yeah. I don't think. The I don't think that represented how people felt about the game. I, Seattle definitely had a shot to win the game, mm-hmm. but I don't think anyone saw Denver just collapsing on itself. No, and it just reminds me, I mean, three of the last four Super Bowls, the underdogs have won. Four years ago, 
the the Giants were two and a half point underdogs against New England in Super Bowl Forty Four. Okay, right. in, in Lucas Oil, no, that was two years ago. Excuse me. Um, but uh, what was well last year was Baltimore. I know Baltimore was underdogs by five, but it was Super Bowl Forty Five. So four years ago, when Green Bay was was minus five, and they beat the Steelers thirty one twenty five by six. So they covered. But after that, it was the Giants winning. So they won as underdogs. Okay. La- last year, Baltimore won as five point underdogs, and this year, Seattle went into the game minus one and a half, and some some uh, places had minus two at the start of the game. So and they won the Super Bowl handily. And um, I and it was so much that I I had made a pick two weeks ago. We're gonna which I'll, we'll go over here in a second. I want to just uh, have Ryan give some more comments. But uh, even I changed my mind after reading everything. I said there's there's. I can't picture Peyton Manning uh, losing that, but I, I just expect them to win by ten points. So, I mean, there's nothing to say about the game. You, there's nothing to break down other than Seattle just completely dominated. Yeah, they I had mean, is- they had two factors that weren't present in the last few weeks. Number one, Percy Harvin. He had that run on the jet sweep for 20, 30 yards to start on there when it was two nothing because it, it moved him into range, got to five nothing, and then he had another run and then he ran back the kickoff. Yeah, I mean he's just such a crapshoot. He was even one of the prop bets that we'll get into later. Uh, but uh. will he get hurt? It's just he's such a comical player because he's made of glass. Yep. And the second he gets tackled, you're like, oh, there's Percy Harvin's second play for the year. He's done. And so it, it's weird. I mean, he was. Who he would was, have thought that dude was going to be? He was the game on the shelf, changer. and they they allowed him to do it. Yeah, he was totally the game changer. And then on top of that, the other factor I was going to mention is Russell Wilson played his best game of the season. I mean, I don't know, not statistically, but he was on fire. He, he was doesn't mess up. He scrambled when he needed to. And remember, he he had like this scrambling left pass where he just put a bullet right to Golden Tate. I mean, the guy was perfect spiral. He looked kind of Kaepernick-esque. Def- he was definitely a killer because there was a couple third and sixes, third yeah. and sevens early in the game where. I mean, Seattle had three unanswered scores, but it was still a game. Yeah, eight nothing. It was eight nothing, and it would be third and six. You're like, just get the ball back, Denver, and he would. Yeah, he scrambled left yeah. or throw for fifteen down the right. He got side. him down to the one, and then Marshawn Lynch took two runs to Which, get him in. Was, I mean, there was a pass interference call there. Yeah, that, that was, was just kinda, a little bit. The guy has hands on it, and it was, it was interesting because I was thinking the refs were going to keep it close, and there was not a pass interference. Yeah, not even Denver. for betting sake, just for the NFL yeah, just sake. Nothing to keep happened. It a game. And Denver got shell shocked, and then it was fifteen nothing with about three minutes to go in the second quarter. And then Manning uh, got his right arm hit by Cliff Averill and Malcolm Smith, who did lead the team with tackles, and he did have a fumble recovery. He intercepted the ball and went about 60 yards back with it. 22-0. I mean, that's literally insurmountable. There's there's no stories in the Super Bowl where you come back from big lead. Yeah, but even when it was 22-0, I still felt, okay, we could have a good Super Bowl. But then it went to 29-0. You're like, well, let's quit watching. I quit watching. Yeah, the safety and the kickoff return, I was standing up at your table getting, like, pigs in a blanket and some (laughs) pizza. And I'm, I'm like, what? Because I wanted to see a good game. And it was it just none was of not. That. Yep, it wasn't. It wasn't very good. So, so a couple weeks ago, like I said, Ryan and I were here for episode 18 of Walk the Line, and we made our picks. Seattle, uh, was, so was plus two, and it was funny because at the time the weather was forecasted 24 to 36, and even going to the, to the game when we knew it was going to be better temperatures, I said, you know, the over under is 48 at the time it was 47 and a half. I said, staying under, staying under, staying under. And man, if it almost did until, you know, Seattle put in what was a meaningless, just make it look bad touchdown, moved it from 30, uh, 36 to 8 to 43 to 8. So it pushed it over. But uh, our picks, I, I had had Seattle covering 24 23 and losing to Denver. And Ryan had Denver um, winning. 27-23 and covering with the over. So Ryan was right about the over. I was right about Seattle covering. So we can split the difference on that one. None of us were right. It didn't seem like, though. I mean, no. even when it came out of the prop bets, we couldn't get those right. No, it was just a weird, weird game. It was definitely unfulfilling. And I, I my heart wasn't in it. Mo- I, I can tell you, be- maybe it's because my buddy, Bill, who lives in eastern Washington, Maybe because he was just so vehemently sure about the Hawks. I mean, and it, I just didn't yeah. want to break his heart by saying anything. I mean, I went with it, but I couldn't picture Seattle doing what they did. And even now, it doesn't seem – it seems like it, but it doesn't seem like it. They were just that much better than the best offense. So, I mean, they completely shut them down. Denver looked like they were in the nightmare of nightmares. I'm just getting sad talking about this game. Everyone gets so hyped for the Super Bowl. Two weeks, you you all get around with all your friends, and you make all nice food and stuff, and it just – I agree. So, so anticlimactic. That's, That's terrible. Perfect. 
Perfect. So, okay, so it and and like Ryan said earlier, what an NFL season. I mean, I always enjoy NFL, but it's weird cuz Ryan, I even went back and listened to like Walk the Line episode 1 parts. We were saying it's going to be Denver and Seattle. <laughs> so, it's funny cuz for as wrong as we were, we were right. Yeah, we were right, but we went through so many bumpy weeks of misery and Man. then we got to what we thought would happen and then the way it ended, it was it was just I mean, I could make all sorts of metaphors. It was not a there was not a happy ending to that. It was just like a okay. Even I mean, man, even when you were playing the intro, I'm just thinking, God, I'm glad we don't have a stat boy because I do not want to see my record not from pretty. this year in the NFL. Not pretty. And I did okay in college football this yeah. year. Yeah, you had a nice year. But and you had some good NFL weeks where you were going 7-1, and one, six At the and end, one. Yeah. after the after the turn, I, I was just okay. Ne- I never turned it on. No, it was it was rough, and that's the NFL. It's to to keep in mind, and there's just no there was no rhyme or reason. I mean, if we if we could break down, we have to get some meta charts, you know, and see uh, about like we'll teams. start that next year. It's just crazy, <laughs> yeah, dude. But it was just a headache, and I had a hundred percent fun. I love the NFL. I mean, I love football season. It's geared because you can think about it for the week, and the lines come out and they shift. I mean, and it's crazy because now we're in the I guess the rapid fire zone of the sports year. You know, we're starting. We got the goods of basketball going on because March. Madness is on its way, and Ryan even mentioned today uh, baseball spring training starting. So a month from now, you know, we get the well, maybe about you know, six weeks from now, we we'll yeah, get usually, some baseball. Usually the first of April's the opening day, right? But even that's tough. I mean, really, I'm, I'm looking forward to the NCAA basketball season wrapping up because that's going to be good. We know which teams are good now. We know which teams aren't, and then we're going to get into the uh, March Madness, the NCAA tournament, and that's just so fun. So I can't wait to get to that. Well, it's funny you say that because what teams are good? I'm thinking about the NCAA. It's it seems like an open field to me other than uh, Syracuse. And Syracuse but and Wichita State has no blemishes right now and th- they were in the final four last year that's why right. you have to give them credit no definitely I'm with you on that I just yeah I think a team who's not battle tested come tournament time and you mentioned they were there last year yeah. so now teams are tuned into them a little more yeah they're ranked fourth in the country yeah they'll probably get a one seed and uh, Joe Lenardi, he always does his bracketology or yeah. whatever he calls it. Yeah, yeah. And he had Michigan State as the two seed in the Wichita State bracket. And I, if I'm a Michigan State fan, I like that because Ohio State was the four seed. I don't think they're very good. I don't, I don't remember who he had the three was in that bracket. But if you're a two or a three or a four, you want to be in that Wichita State bracket because you just want to avoid Arizona and Syracuse as long as possible, it seems like. Right, and I was I looked at the bracket bracketology thing, too, and it's funny because they had San Diego. I mean, you, you have to give somebody in the West, and San Diego State's ranked fifth in the nation. They're, I think, 20-1 and one right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's they're for real, too. Yeah, they're they're good, but I, I just don't see San Diego State making a big run. I mean, because mm-hmm. somebody in the West is They'll always... They'll get like, knocked out in the Sweet There could be a UConn over there or something like that, some some team that's, that's legit good. But the top five right now, Syracuse, Arizona, Florida, Wichita State, San Diego State, and then our Michigan State Spartans are at number nine. But Michigan State, if you know, uh, Izzo is putting Appling on the shelf for a couple games. He's got to get Dawson back. But Payne looked good last night, so Michigan State's going to have something to say about it. And you know, there's the Kansases and the Dukes; they're going to be in there. Yeah, and there's a, a Milwaukee Indy region in the tournament, so the Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight will be in Indy. So Michigan Again, State, yeah, so L- Lucas Oil. Uh huh. So oh. Michigan State's going to get to stay close, and I think. Are we going on the trip again? Or uh, uh, no. Not? I just think the ter- the the selection committee is gonna give Michigan State a little boost, knowing that they were without two of their best rebounders for two of their Most losses. Of and mm-hmm. you know, we'll see how Michigan State plays Sunday at Wisconsin, who's looked terrible as of late. But it, it's definitely getting interesting now because it's really a two dog race in the Big Ten. Cool. See, and now I'm drooling. Now I'm ready for basketball. So, so let's let's, let's just get through. NFL. Let's wrap through NFL. Get we have our prop. We have our props. Do you have the list of props we picked? Cause I do. We're just gonna take even a minute or two because it wasn't most games. You can you can really nicely prognosticate at this point of the, the year. No one could have seen. And what happened with Peyton Manning is he ended up making some meaningless completions to uh, Demarius Thomas and Wes Welker, so they ended up getting some pretty good yardage, and Manning completed yeah, a bunch of you had over... Yeah, for Demarius, Demarius but Thomas. not for Welker, I think. So, I mean, just go over a couple of the props. Just We don't even have to be comprehensive here. It's just... Coin, one of the, coin flip, I had tails, you had heads, so yeah, I was right there. Yeah, started off we, right, we, wrong we, there. Whoa. <laughs> we both had Fedora, and he came out with... He had the big... I mean, his hat, his hair could have been a hat. It was, yes, he has, it was so he has, tall he has a bushy head, hat <laughs> head. And so we were both wrong on that. You had a defensive touchdown. I did not. So you were correct there. Okay, so we're good. even right now. All right, we, good. We each got one. Nice. 
I missed who was first mentioned. We we weren't even listening because no. the first place. Well, was I know the, the national anthem went under, but maybe we got that. that maybe we'll get that later. Yeah, but, the okay. national anthem went under. She wasn't wearing gloves. No, because it was warm. Yeah, but I we weren't even listening who was mentioned first as far as Aaron Andrews or Pete yeah, Carroll. No. because we were the all safety. just like a safety just happened. Ugh. And yeah. then shortest touchdown over under one and a half. We, we were both, both right correct, about that. Thanks to the pass interference call. Mm-hmm. And Marshawn Lynch took two times to get in from the one. Yep. Total receiving yards over under 55 and a half for Wes Welker. I had over. You had under. He went to seven. I think I have the stats here. He had 76 yep. yards. So, and then we both 84 had. 84 yards. We both had over 65 and a half rushing yards for Moreno. He only had 17 yards on five carries. And his long was nine. And Demarius Thomas went over 75 yeah, and Yeah, 118 with 13 catches. He's, okay. a, he's a tough dude. Okay, here's the national anthem under 230. It was only it was 203, 202. I think, yeah, was the area. That was easy. So we're, we're still even. Colored gloves. She nah, was no, no gloves. gloves. We both had over 44 and a half for the longest field goal. Nothing. Nothing. Wilson being mentioned in the draft, I don't know because I quit paying attention. And Hauschka's field goal and to make it 5 nothing was the only field goal of the game, and it was 31 yards. And then will a team have three unanswered scores? We thought... No way. No way. And who, who would have thought three unanswered scores for eight points? Two, five, they got a field goal with 10 minutes and then a field goal with two minutes and then a, a touchdown with 12 minutes in the second quarter and then a touchdown interception. So yep. five straight scores, seven straight scores to start the game for <sighs> for the Seahawks. If you give up seven straight scores, you're losing football games. Will wow. the last play be a QB rush? No. Well, we both said yes. It what was, was no. it? What was it? Who cares? Yeah, it was. We turned the TV yeah. off or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Will there be a scoreless quarter? I said no, and I believe there were none because Seattle went seven nothing in the fourth. I'm, I got it right here. Seattle went eight fourteen fourteen yeah. and seven. And you and said d- there would be a scoreless quarter. Yeah. So I'm up. Wrong. I'm up one first score. Dan, you had Seattle safety. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, I had field goal Denver probably. Yeah, no, I, Denver I had touchdown. Denver field goal. You had Denver touchdown. Jeez, we both had under twenty-seven and a half Omaha's. They didn't. Even, I don't even think he said. He it never once. said Omaha. You he couldn't was, hear him. Well, he wasn't on the field. Yeah, and it was it was a Seattle crowd more or less. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I was in New York last weekend. I no. saw more number twelve jerseys than I ever needed to see yeah, in my life. That was a Seattle home game, so they really blitzed them and mentally, physically. Wow. Yep, and that that was all we had. Man, so like RIP, like 2013 NFL season and Super Bowl 48 will be remembered for being just not very memorable. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's a media circus, and it just was like going to Disney World and having one ride open or something. I don't know. Cause <laughs> that's, that's a great analogy. It's yeah, so true. Like the sh- it's run too. Like like the train around Disney World that's closed. It's a small world. Yeah, well, it's a small world's like you can see one little kid wave at you from Hawaii or something, and he's singing Bruno Mars, and that's it. So, all right, dude. Oh, we man. We are done with football. I'm just going to do a quick stretch and be like, yeah, finally. Now, don't get me wrong. I love watching football. We love it. But as far as picking football this year went, it was, it was, it was rough. a long year. It was almost like the weather. You know, we usually make a comment at the beginning of every show. Yeah, and Ryan made a comment last week. I said, oh, we're getting used to it. And Ryan's like, I don't think I can ever get used to it. This week, I'm not used to it. It hurts to be. It physically hurts. To this be town is like the most giant ice tray that someone strapped like ten grenades to <laughs> to blow up. Because there's jagged ice everywhere, and even when you make a right turn, when, there's a little gap that's a snow mound everywhere that you look and in this you, town. And you can't even plow because the snowy, icy slush yeah. is just connected. It's to the jaggedy icebergy. <laughs> if you were a Titanic car, you would have sunk or something right now. <laughs> it's that bad outside. Everything's horrible. And it's every day's nine degrees and there's snow. So for those of you listening, yes, we like to complain a lot. We're complaining. But you know what makes me happy? Every week we get to come in here and do Walk the Line. And I'm really happy about basketball season. And we have a beautiful view of the gray sky that is every week here. <sighs> every week we get a nice gray sky. If you want to forget what the sun looks like, Come on, visit us. We'll get you on the show. Yep. God. And you know what's funny, Ryan? I made a comment something like, oh, we have to wait to April. And, and you know, I was like, oh, isn't that sad to know? That we brought... Yesterday, somebody was in conversation like, well, we got to wait till May. And I was like, oh, please, no. Please, dude, no. Man, I was even having a conversation with my buddy last night. Like, 
people are so thirsty for the sun here. When it gets to 40, we're outside with our shirts off playing basketball. <laughs> You're like, the sun. We need to it do an over-under. So an over-under and when is the snow d- gone for good? Like, is it... I'm going to go, like, right now, I'm going to say April 10th. <laughs> well, because it'll go away, and then you know it'll be right. April and start snowing I'm going to say April 10th. So, 4-10-14, that's my over-under on no more snow 2014. I just, just want to see for, grass again. I just oh want to look goodness. outside and be like, Oh, there is grass there. Yep. We go to the University of Alaska Anchorage right now. So, all right, Ryan, let's get into Big Ten basketball first. Okay. And, and and then last... This is interesting now. Yeah. So, yeah. Last night, Michigan State hosted Penn State. And like we said, Adrian Payne was back. The line was minus 13 and a half. I had a good feeling that uh, Michigan State was going to cover. They were covering like crazy. Yeah, it was and like a 22-point game. Right, and Penn State made 10 straight points, I think, to cut it to 12. And then a walk-on the walk on The walk-on came on in and hit three, and I smiled because I had texted Ryan. I was like, dang it, they didn't. And then I was like, that's a lucky cover. Is that what you said? It was you a said, dang it. Well, it was it, that was the G-rated version, but I was like, "Wow, lucky cover!" Because I there was no way I I was typing the text while the walk-on uh, shot the three, and then and he, he made it. He just buried it. Too, I know because <laughs> he he was trailing on the play. Uh huh. And I might even look up. I think this is the kid's first three-pointer ever at awesome. Michigan State. He was trailing the play. Right. A guy he he penetrated, got in the paint, did a little reverse pivot, uh-huh. and just kind of even underhand scooped it to him for a pass. And he, and he just, just drilled it. He caught it. One, two, bam! And right. all all five hundred people left in the stadium yep. went nuts. And I yep. And I Ryan like, had plus thirteen and a half. I had minus thirteen and a half. And I'm working the game, and the kid shoots, and I stand up. I go, no. <laughs> <laughs> and it, they took the game from seventy nine to six. Or excuse me, it was it was seventy nine sixty seven to eighty two sixty seven final score. So that's fun because because even the game, there was never a doubt that Michigan State was going to win or w- not going to win that game. Yeah, they led from wire to wire. And so the whole time, and you know what, it was so big that when I looked at it at the end, I go. They're blowing the spread, and it was funny because I that I started texting Ryan, and then the guy made the three, and I had to quickly amend my text, and Ryan <laughs> wasn't very happy, not because of me, just because of the three. So that's how it goes. I'm gonna have to have a word with my boy Keenan Wetzel. <laughs> Keenan Wetzel, you okay? He he tied him up like a pretzel. That's so stupid. <laughs> I had to rhyme that. Okay, so. The good news is, the bad news is, there's no lines because we have today's lines, and really, we're you wanna, some Ivy League. You, yeah, you hate the Ivy Ryan League. Ryan likes to pick Ivy. He's got Dartmouth and Cornell. Ryan's a, Ryan's our Ivy League whiz on Friday. And the thing about Ivy well, League is, they play back to back nights. They yeah. play Friday and Saturday. Well, the thing about the Ivy League is, it always plays out how it's supposed to. It does. So if you can just kind of follow the scores and who's done what throughout the year, because mm-hmm. what you what you can do is, you don't even need to take the spread if it's yeah, minus money eight. Them. Take you, all four. There's four games a night. So what what I do typically is if it's more than four or five, mm-hmm. I just do money line, yeah. and then if it's below, I take the spread because right, and he parlays them all together. Yeah, and then you just parlay them all together, and you get four to one odds. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's still four to one. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. And 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 Ryan inspired me. I, I put a <laughs> not, I did a nine leg parlay this week of all Nailed money it. lines. Nailed it. And I went from everything that was three twenty minus. Minus three twenty up to minus a thousand. There was there were some that were like minus two thousand. Which at that point it's not even worth it. It makes your odds worse. To get the jargon down for people, like this is there. It's on a ratio of a hundred. So if it says minus three twenty, that would mean one hypothetically would have to bet three hundred twenty to win back a hundred. But on that ratio, if you bet thirty two, you would win ten. So that's how the odds work. So what I did just to see if I could make Ryan laugh was I picked nine games that were all minus three twenty. He was successful. And put he ten made me down, laugh. and it went. And it paid out for thirty. Six on well, ten, so it's three point six to one. And if you do a nine leg parlay with the spreads, <laughs> that would pay like three hundred to one. And so it was just funny that it was three to one. So I like it, it how you had funny. the confidence to text me when only seven of them had won, and you're like, check this out. <laughs> at that point, I'm like, I don't even look at those games until they're over. It's so funny. So, <laughs> but it's the beauty of it. So with college basketball, the lines will not come out until the morning, and they come out. They get they get uh, uh, you know start in Las Vegas, and then they make their way to the internet. So they really come out about six a.m. Um, every day. So. Since we're on Walk the Line and since we can't jump into the future because if we could, then we'd jump back to the past and win lots of money, we are gonna we are going to just see what we think. So, Ryan, let's start with the Big Ten games, okay? Michigan-Iowa. Michigan-Iowa. This is tomorrow's game. It's going to be Saturday, February 8, 2014. The number 10-ranked Michigan uh, Wolverines, who are 9-1 and in the Big Ten and 17-5 and overall, are going into Iowa, who's 6-4 and four in the Big Ten and 17-6 in a row. a lot of people. Yeah, and now... And, now, Iowa has had a weird stretch lately because they just came off a home loss to Ohio State where where Old Kraft 
played a crafty game, and LaQuinton Le- and all those guys and did well. And the overtime well. loss to State. Yep, and then overtime State went in there and handled their business very nicely, uh, despite the referees. But then there was a game at uh, Illinois where Iowa was up 32-13 on my Illini, and then uh, Illinois came back, and I know they were up 66-61 at one point, and then they just kind of did something in their pants, and then the final score was 81-74 Iowa. So... Michigan is nine and one in the Big Ten. They lost last Sunday at home at on the road to the Indiana Hoosiers in a big game that Indiana had to have. So Michigan then turned around and just shellacked. They shellacked Nebraska like the other day. Forty-two ten. It was Nebraska shellack. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So Michigan's looking good. It's really they're they're a hot team and it's gonna they're tied with Michigan State and that that game for Michigan Michigan State I it's gonna I, you would say determine the Big Ten champion you know and th- and that game's gonna come up on Sunday February twenty third in Ann Arbor but uh, so Ryan first thing before we even pick what do you think the line's gonna be on the on the one and I'll I'll write this down well, for I mean, tomorrow just even before I get even into the spread this uh-huh. is just a big game for so many people please yeah in the Big Ten especially Michigan State because Michigan State still has to go to Wisconsin mm-hmm. they have Iowa comes in we go to Ohio State and to Michigan and so if you're Michigan State you'd really like to tack on a loss to to Michigan just to just to get a little breathing room there and then Iowa they have four losses in the Big Ten. Yeah. There's four teams right behind them with five losses. Yeah. And a lot of them who have underperformed. Ohio State, Wisconsin. I, I don't think Indiana's underperformed, but they're just a team. So if Iowa loses this game, all of a sudden you're getting swallowed and you end up in the middle of what I think to be a very mediocre Big Ten this year. Well, the, the fish are all eating each other. I mean, we're right. talking Ohio State's there, Wisconsin. Northwestern, shockingly, but That's is what there. I'm saying. So yeah. if you're Iowa, you just, to have... Five losses and fall back into the pack there. Right, they need this one. They need a win. Bad. Not even because it looks like it's going to be between Michigan State, and Michigan. Both are one loss teams. Uh-huh. Iowa's in third place in the conference at six and four. But you just, if you're Iowa, you want to separate yourselves because mm-hmm. you don't. Even, you want to play. You don't want to have to play Thursday of the Big Ten tournament because mm-hmm. if you fall behind all those five loss teams, all of a sudden you're playing Illinois on Thursday in the Big Ten tournament, and if you lose that, there goes your tournament. Uh, right. Essentially, I mean. Well, I was in. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, how how can you come back and play well in the NCAA? Right, they're gonna stare. They'll be staring at like a seven seed or something weird. Yeah, you just don't want to even go there. Right, and then so and I I would like to just uh, put some more explanation since we're getting to basketball. When the lines are set, and we've said this before, the lines are set for for one reason: for when the betting public gets involved. It's not so that the casino or anybody can win anything. It's to make it as even as it can as it can be, so that half the bets go one way, half the bets go the other way. Because when you bet a spread bet, there's a ten percent markup called the juice, and then what happens is the casino wants them to even out, so they cancel, and then they get their ten percent from the losers. Because when you win, you get your ten percent right. back. So, th- so when we talk about the line, we're we're talking about what we think. Uh, the experts, which we're trying to move ourselves into, what are the experts going to put the line on so that half the people would go for Iowa with the spread, you know, and half the people would go for Michigan? So, do you have any like initial thoughts on this, Ryan? Because I'm I'm thinking something here. When Michigan went, when Michigan was at home against Iowa, they won 75-67. Usually, home gets you what about three points, three or extra. four points. Yep. So, just off the top of my head, I'm thinking Michigan minus four. And I was going to say Michigan minus three and a half. Okay. Uh, it's a game that. Iowa needs. It's a game that, you know, it. it's one that you'd think that Michigan is the p- more powerful team, but just because a team needs it so bad, maybe Iowa's going to get Especially the, at home. You know, the fans. I mean, they they have no choice. If they lose this game, like you said, so it's one. So let, let's first thing I'll do, this is a new walk the lines thing. So I'm going to say, I'm going to first gonna say Michigan minus 3.5, and we're going to check next week to see how well we do on this, and then maybe uh, we'll have our own biz here, right? So Mish minus 4. So now the question is, based on our spreads, three and a half and four, what do you think the final score is going to be of the game? Or, or who, just tell me who you think is going to cover. I like Michigan to cover. It just seems like they're rolling. And apparently I know nothing about basketball because at the beginning of the year I'm like, eh, Michigan just doesn't seem that Right. They that are good playing to me. way better. They are. They're just rolling. And especially coming after a loss, it was good to see them just tramp someone. I mean, that means they're ready to go. Yep. So I, I think they go. 
And it's not like Iowa City's that daunting of a place to go into. Yeah, it's you, an ESPN usually game. Fran McCafferty's good to get teed up or break a clipboard. It, or something. It seems weird because there's a difference in mentality as a viewer. Maybe I maybe I'm just imagining this moment. When the game's on CBS, it's different than a game on ESPN. Mm-hmm. There's just something about it, uh, knowing that you're on network TV. I'm mean, even in today's age, I don't know. But last week against Indiana, that was just one where I was like, eh, Michigan's not going to do it. But I'm with Ryan on this one. I think that Michigan. Uh, you know, and they they're riding with a chip on their shoulder because they've been compared so negatively towards Michigan State. I mean, we whopped them in football. We we made them look bad. You know, and, and they want to prove themselves. They came in here and they won a few weeks ago. So they're riding high, and then they lost to Indiana, a tough place to play. But then they just demolished Nebraska. So yeah, I think they they know what they're doing. I think that uh, they're just going to overpower um, Iowa tomorrow. So I'm, I'm going to go with you on that. So I yeah. think Michigan's going to cover. I don't know if a team's best player can be an X factor, but that Aaron White, he's just a tough matchup because he can spread the floor. Oh, yeah, for Iowa, yeah. Yeah, but he likes to get inside, and he, he's got a back-to-the-basket game, too. He can kind of create space by getting into someone and fading away. Like You see Durant do that every now and then with his length. He can get into you and then separate and hit a little 8-10 footer. And so... I, I'm just thinking for Michigan, they have, um, who's number one? Glenn Robinson. Yes. So he's got some length to get on him, but if, if a kid like that gets in foul trouble, then who does Michigan go to right. to guard him? And that's what I was worried about with Michigan State heading into Iowa because Dawson is a great player to guard. Mm-hmm. He's so athletic and strong, and he can wear an Aaron White down over the game. But I don't know if Michigan has someone that can do that. So if White can go out and get 20 points, 8 yeah. or 9 rebounds, 10 rebounds, I mean, that'll keep them in the game enough, and just being at home, momentum is huge. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. This this and, is definitely a tough one. And we've seen Big Ten refs get caught up in momentum a lot this year, too. When teams start making runs, they get away with that hand check that they're supposed to call. Yep. They're getting and ones on just minimal contact at the rim. So if, if Iowa can just get the home crowd going and stay in this game early, then I think it'll be interesting, but sure. Michigan's definitely rolling right now. Yeah, Michigan's now. got some something going on. Even from the you know the Trey Burke magic of last year and they lost McGarry this year and he he might be back and they've been they've been playing they're they're overperforming. Michigan is overperforming. As, as, yeah, I mean Stauskas looks like an all American. Yeah, nine right and now. one and nine and one of the Big Ten's great. But it would be a big favor to the Spartans if Iowa can win that tomorrow. So Go Hawkeyes, yep. baby. Well let's there's a big game we're gonna talk about about Sunday's game. We'll really break that one down. Michigan State's gonna go to Wisconsin but let's just try and pick the spread here with the other Big Ten games just to see how good we are. So okay. Nebraska's going into Northwestern. Northwestern is one of the hottest teams right now, and Chris Collins took a team that, that had um, uh, six losses out of conference, and now they're 5-5 five and five in the Big Ten. It's their first three-game winning streak in the Big Ten in since 1990. Wow. And they're 12-11. and 11. It's good. They're five. Uh, look, I'm an Illinois guy. The Illini are two and eight in the Big Ten and have a loss at Northwestern. So Northwestern's looking pretty good. Iowa, uh, Nebraska, good at home, not good on the road. So I'm, I'm thinking Northwestern's going to be favored. So uh, what do you think for this spread here? Man, I, Nebraska's just so bad. It seems like, especially, I don't know. I'm. What do you? I you go first. I don't know. What I I'm think that's going to be. A I'm big, thinking Northwestern's going to win. At I'm going to say. I'm going to say Northwestern's going to be seven and a half favorites. And we're. I'm going under in that game. It's just Northwestern's had some pretty low-scoring games at home this year. Do you want to guess on the over/under? Because that's a tough one too. I mean, when we look at what they score per game, because usually what they do is they take the averages one, of both team and then find home and away. I mean, I could see 122, 123. I was, I, I think it'll be up towards like 128. Really? Yeah. All right. What do you think about a spread, or do you want to just stick with that? I'll, I'll take your seven and a half, but yeah. I'll, I'll take Nebraska plus seven and a half in that one. All right. So I guess, I guess off that, I mean, I'm thinking maybe Northwestern minus five. If I'm just thinking plus seven and a half is too many. Okay. I'd be interested to see. And I think that Northwestern can cover that seven and a half at home. Okay. So Well, we're about to find out. Yeah, this is good. All right. What's, just too, what's so tough about that game is it's two teams who I haven't watched at all this year unless Michigan State's playing them. So I, I literally know nothing about them. I know that Northwestern's been turning it on. I mean, because Crawford played this amazing game at Wisconsin. When they beat Wisconsin, they snapped a huge long win streak. They'd never won in the Kohl Center, let well, alone... No, one, in, no mean, one's yeah. won in the Kohl Center until this year. I, I mean, Michigan State, the last two years, was the only team to win there. And then they, they've done nothing yep. but lose there this year. <clears throat> okay, two more games just to make a spread call. Um, uh, Purdue is at, I, at Ohio State. So that's a 6 p.m. game uh, tomorrow. So Purdue at Ohio State. And Ohio State's rolling right now, and Purdue's not. Purdue just lost to Penn State, I think. Yeah, Ohio State, what, minus 8.5, 9? I would say more than that. 
That, what are you going like thirteen or something? I would say ten and a half. Ten and a half. Yeah. All right. So Ohio State minus ten and a half. And what'd you say? I said eight and a half. Okay. Well, I bet it'll be nine and a half. Well, let's there you go. We'll we'll That's yeah. why we're doing this because I do want to know. I'm gonna go to Purdue's website real quick. Ohio and State see. minus nine and a half. Minus eight and a half. Okay. I'm so prepared. And I think that um, I would I would take uh, Purdue with the points there. I don't know why. I just I I that's ten and a half is what the spread's going to be. And Ohio State's a team that can win the game. They're going to win the game. But uh, you know I could, I think Purdue will hang around. So I'm going to say yeah, I mean, Purdue, Purdue lost at Michigan by nine. So, so I'm going to say Purdue plus ten and a half. You want to make a call on the eight and a half or the ten or whatever you think in your eight and a half. I could see Purdue winning or losing by nine or ten, so it's funny. Yeah, I mean, I'll take Ohio State. All right. Yeah, so we'll do seventy-seven, sixty-five, or something like okay. that. Ohio State minus minus eight point five. Don't confuse me. I'm I, I get confused with numbers enough. I don't need you. I'm to thinking about me. too many things. Okay, so that's twelve. Correct. Okay, last one then. Indiana is going to Minnesota. This could be a trap game for Indiana. They're four and five in the Big Ten, but they're. They're better than their record says. They're fourteen and eight, four and five in the Big and Ten. And the barn's a tough place to play. Yeah, too. Minnesota's fifteen and eight, four and six in the Big Ten. So this one is a tough spread to call. But I think um, because of Indiana's victory over Michigan, I think it's going to be a very close spread. I think it's going to be Indiana minus one and a half. Okay, I was going to say Minnesota minus two and a half, minus three. All right, let's do that. So we'll see because it's a tough one. So Minnesota, and I'm, I'm going to take Indiana in that, regardless of what spread. Ends up coming up. I, Indiana was a young team. I think they had some growing pains. Mm-hmm. And Yogi Ferrell, that dude is a great player. Right. And he just has some brain cramps, man. If he just goes to the hole, that team is great. He he settles for threes in transition, and you always see Tom Crean get all red faced. Yeah, he does. His veins coming out. He's he calling him over because, and he has a right to. Yeah. Because Yogi Ferrell, he's so quick. And Tom has always says, "Oh, Keith Appling is the best defender." In the Big Ten, and, uh-huh. and I wouldn't argue with him on that. And Yogi Ferrell, he was getting by Appling, who's a pretty quick dude. I I haven't seen a lot of people get by him in the last four years, and Yogi was getting by him into the hole at will. It seemed like when they came to East Lansing. Yeah. Look, it's a tough one, but I think we both agree that Indiana is better than what they are. And I think Indiana is going to find a way to get to the NCAA tournament. You know, it's a team that's. It's time for Von Ley to start getting some NBA looks. Maybe it's true. Yep. He's, maybe Bill Self can recruit him to transfer to Kansas or something. Yep. Okay. So just before we get to the goods and uh, of the show, the 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 last game, I want to say on Sunday, poor Illinois, two and eight in the Big Ten, eight straight Big Ten losses, is going to Penn State. It's a game they they just have to have for the shred of dignity that could possibly be left. So <laughs> Illinois is going to Penn State. And I'm, I I know what I think about what the spread is going to be. So, well, I'd like for you to, you, for you to say first. Again, two teams where I could care less what happens in this game. Yep, So, but you, you're more familiar, especially because you follow Illinois because of me a little bit, I would think. So, like, what what do you think? Who's going to be favored in this game? Do they, are they going to give Illinois, like, the underdog role or what? Yeah, the Penn State will be favored at home. They've been playing okay. tough as of late. I was actually I was walking through the hallway last night, and the, the Izzo and the Penn State coach were crossing paths, and they stopped. And, you know, Izzo just at, was kind of asking him what's going on. He's like, you guys have been playing teams so tough. And I think Penn State's kind of like an Indiana, but on a, on a smaller scale. I just, uh-huh. They have the talent. And that what's number twenty three's name? Jeez, uh, uh, oh we just watched him, uh, Frazier, yeah. Tim Frazier, right? Yeah, and he he was pretty impressive. Yeah, he he's was, good. He was the best player on the floor last night, other than when Payne was out. Now there. Illinois did their second Big Ten win after they defeated Indiana. Then this is right at the New Year. This was January fourth. Yeah, they won by twenty. They won by twenty against I, yeah, Penn State. But Illinois that. is a different team now, and it's on the road. So you're thinking, what's the spread? Because because I know my my spread. But what do you think? Penn State's going to be favored by what? Two two and a half. Two and a half. Yeah, and I'll take I'll take Illinois. Okay, and I think because because you're so ready to take Illinois plus two and a half, you're I'm <laughs> gonna. I mean, uh, my spread is Illinois minus two. Okay, uh, and I mean, Illinois how can you will be cover. Favored with two wins in the conference. Well, just because they're mentally, I think mentally they would be better. So I'm interested to see what that line is. But like Ryan said, both these teams are junk pile. They're they're going nowhere, and Illinois needs to figure something out. I mean, I'm I'm suffering on both football and basketball. I just fronts brought their them. schedule up. There's a lot of L's on there, man. I'm man. sorry. Yeah, they just this is not this. Illinois lost to 
to Purdue at home, and that was really the r- the real, real bad one. Because well, they're scoring 40, 50 points a game. It's shot selection. Jeez. We're not here to talk Illinois basketball, but well, these let's, guys, let's. I, I mean, these guys, on, just... look, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go on record since we're recording this and hopefully posting this on the internet. John Gross seems like a likable guy. There's a player on the Illinois called Nana Egwu who's a good defender and a good rebounder, and he can dunk the ball. But, but that dude it's gets a to black take... hole. He when gets he... to take jumpers every game three pointers and jumpers he's been doing it for three years now with under two coaches and i'm sitting here going okay his his shooting percentage is under 40 overall and he gets to dunk or put in layups at least once or twice per game his outside shooting has to be in the 20 some percent and they keep letting him shoot and illinois gets to keep jacking up threes and i know they have you know they have malcolm hill they have kendrick nunn who's a nice lefty and then they have jalen tate who's been giving time at point guard for tracy abrams all these guys are jacking up shots. Ravante yeah, Rice is a, a good 20%, player. Egwu's a 20% three-point shooter. Right. And so, just yeah. just to give you some numbers uh-huh. to back what you're saying, he's a 41% shooter from the floor, but I'd be interested to see, you're right, if he when he gets his dunks, right. a guy like that should be a 60% shooter because all he's doing is dunking and uh-huh. getting putbacks and four foot bank shots and it's so so what i'm trying to say it's it's coaching negligence and and people say oh it's easy for you to sit home or sit here on the radio mm-hmm. and make comments and that's not that's you don't understand what's like but i've seen enough college basketball and i watch enough college basketball well, on the, go to the rim and try to get fouled do not keep trying there's a guy named Iki. he's a good rebounder too but all that dude does is jack up threes and, and he's it's taking 118 threes this year how many and what's his percentage it's got to be like 33 it's terrible Thirty-four. Sorry. Okay, that's terrible. Whoa. Right. And he's the, a, yeah, he's a thirty. I mean, his shooting percentage from the floor is only thirty-nine. They said during the game when Illinois lost the other day at home to Wisconsin, they put up a stat. It said Illinois shot like thirty-six points percent as a team in the month of January when they lost all those games after the Penn State game. So that was like seven in a row. Six. Yeah, seven in a row. They were the the lowest shooting percentage team in the entire NCAA. Well, I mean, this dude, 118 of his 162 shots are threes. I don't care. And 34 percent is all he makes. But I don't care how good you are. Even in the NBA, a guy like Steph Curry, let's say, who people think of as a sure, when the ball's not going in the hole, what do you do? You go to the, go to the rim and you get, get to the fouled. line, and that's it. And you know what? And I've and I've seen it time and time again with Illinois, and I'm wondering to myself, they were winning by going to the rim. Ravante Rice is a tough dude. That guy's strong and can take contact, and he's shooting. And I'm going. Tracy Abrams is good to the rim. So there so, you go. He took 162 shots. Guess how many free throws he's taken this year? 12, 15. Right. It's Get horrible. To the dude. hole. You got to see the ball go in at some point. I'm, Your team is scoring 55 a game. Just get to the hole. I know. Get to the line. And, and compare like, it with with a team like Michigan State, who's had f- free throw troubles, but they do get to the line and they do. Now Michigan well, State suffered against Georgetown because they shot too many threes and weren't making it. And yesterday they were hitting threes. They were thirteen for twenty two. So even a genius like Tom Izzo pack. can have a, not get it into the heads of the players or something. Maybe I'm not getting it, but game well, in game out when you're losing John Gross, you have to adjust or else you're not a good coach. I mean, even to stay on that comparison, when yeah. you were talking about Egwu and his defense and his yeah, he's, he's a commendable player. And I went and I went right to Michigan State, a Brandon Dawson, who the kid can guard anyone. Yeah. And when he gets rebounds, you're like, whoa, big rebounds, and big his, big hops. And, and his freshman, more his sophomore year last year, because he was trying to prove something too. Yeah. He was taking jumpers. Right. And guess what? He Nothing. Has, this year, all all the summer, we're like, he just needs to play defense and rebound and dunk, and that's what he's done this year. And Izzo has really defined his role, and I think that's probably part of Egwu's problem is someone needs to sit him down and ask him, what is your role on this team, Because and why are you taking and it's sad. 18 I mean, footers? Everybody we're talking about is, are human beings that want to be the best they can be and a versatile player. And no, I, yeah, definitely. And, and from the story, but do what you're good at. Right, true. But And the story that I heard uh, is that when Brandon Dawson was listening to Dan Dockage break down his deficiencies as a shooter, that made him so angry that that's why he pounded the table. So in his heart, I, he just wishes he was better, obviously. But I think the problem there is I think he was angry because he he hasn't been shooting this year. I think yeah. that is something he's like when I watch Brandon Dawson, the dude is a freak he's athlete. He's too strong, freak, honestly. It looks freak like freak basketball yeah. player and he's been awesome this year because he's doing what he only he can I know. do. And so yeah, he's not taking the threes. He's not cuz last year we'd see him do he'd be at the three-point line to take two dribbles from to 15 feet and, and pull up and, and it would almost never break make it. the back. I know. You're too like, strong. He's like, too strong. That's the thing. You yeah. don't do that and he hasn't. So Maybe I know. when guys call him out on that, he's like, well, look at me from last year, this year. It's all about progression. It is. And I think what your frustration is as an Illinois fan, yeah. 
is there's no progression. He's still None. making the same mistakes he was making as a freshman. And Illinois, so where's the coach? And there? where's the coach? And 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 in the midst of an eight game losing streak, you would like to see some adjustments to try to rectify some sort of the yeah. mistakes. But Illinois is not. Even, their shooting percentage is bad. I mean, even in the course of a game, it's just simple basketball things. I was in New York last week uh-huh. for the Michigan State game, and the first game of the day was St. John's in Marquette. Right. I could care less about either team. I'm sure they're both great or bad or whatever. But it's just, as a basketball fan, it was terrible yeah, you to you weren't sit enjoying there. it. No, because Marquette, St. John's, I think, had 11 or 12 blocks. Yeah. And Marquette, he never called timeout and just told his team to shot fake. They would get in the lane and just throw it up, and every shot was blocked. Ugh. Just settle for a second and shot fake. It's one quick adjustment. Sure. Every time Marquette got in the lane, there was two St. John guys leaving their feet. So just wait a second and shot fake. There's just and they're a mid grade team adjust- too. But that's what I'm Marquette's saying. Marquette's so, not going to the tournament. Marquette's stuck no, in the middle. It's, I mean, it's strange. That's I don't where know. Frustration is. And just, what's the coach of Marquette? Buzz. Buzz Williams. Yeah. He's and because known I'm sitting there. Yeah. yeah. And everyone in our sections looking around and saying, "We're not getting paid to coach, but we can all step back and see why aren't they shot faking?" And yeah. he probably he probably didn't say that to one of his players throughout the course it's, of that it's game. It's strange, man. I mean, it, like I like I it, we have to remind ourselves. I mean, we're talking about human beings who are individuals. They 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 want to argue back with the coaches, but uh, it's just I I am very baffled at Illinois' uh, you know demise here because they were a team at thirteen and two that had a good win over Missouri, and you know they they battled well, but it's just the the wheels fell off. Though, but that's what we're talking about. Yep, man, it is, and and so it's tough, and you know I I'm, I'd be interested to see if Michigan State because yesterday Kaminsky was on fire, he even banked in a three and didn't feel embarrassed about it. So I mean, yeah, he did. He just was he didn't even care. He's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I'm gonna get nineteen points, and it's so it's weird. But uh, when it, when you make your threes, you're good, and when you miss them, you look like you need to adjust. So I'm, I'd be interested because I don't think Michigan State can win by making threes. I don't think we can keep... We need to get inside more. And lately, we need to drive we've in. been shooting way too many threes. Even yeah. in the Iowa it game, us you texted Georgetown. me earlier, really. Too many. Too many threes. So I'm interested to see. So then let's segue into our into our but final game. That we're, we're, yeah, what do you want I mean, to add, Just to add on to that, I think yeah, a team changes identity, though, when you lose your two best inside guys. Yeah, Cause, most definitely. Because who on that team... Respect to Matt Costello. He, he he's looking way better than than no, I ever I know, expected. No, but he's not to. an offensive threat with his no. back to the basket. He, he's a guy run the floor, get your dunk, yeah. set a screen, and go right to the he, rim. He tossed up a couple lefty hooks that went in yesterday, hit the front of the rim, and went in. So he's showing he's showing me more than I ever expected. Him and right. he and Kaminsky are I mean, both he's getting over four or five blocks a game. They're the doing last, well the last month or yeah, so. So it it's good. I mean, Michigan State has it all and, there. But when I see teams like Syracuse and that are really really yeah. good, I'm starting to say, oh mm-hmm. my gosh, I thought we were the best of the best, but now I'm saying, well, we'll. Um, I don't know. There was a couple lineups out on the floor last night where I'm like, this could be fun to watch because it was it was Appling Harris. Not yesterday. Or not, I mean, not, it was Trice. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Trice Harris. And Valentine Kaminsky, Valentine, and Payne. Nice. And I go, if you get Appling out there, if That's you get true. Dawson out That's there, true. it's going to be a fun team to watch. And maybe these maybe these quote unquote injuries are for the best. Mm-hmm. Guys get fresh legs come tournament time, and because we're we're a team who wants to get up and down. So if we get some fresh legs, we can surprise some people. Yep. Okay, so back to my CBS. I love CBS games because CBS does the tournament. So we're Michigan State's going to be on. The game is in Madison, Wisconsin. It's at 1 p.m. on Saturday, February or Sunday, February 9th, excuse me. And so now Michigan State, as we know, is nine and one in the Big Ten. They just beat Penn State yesterday. Now Wisconsin does have a win over Illinois, like, and we just trashed Illinois, and they beat Purdue, uh, who was. Uh, they, that was a road game that was in West Lafayette, so they won that by 14. But other than that, there are five losses in there. Wisconsin lost to Indiana at, in Bloomington. Yeah, they, they, won, lost, they lost five of six. Mm-hmm. Home, home to Michigan by seven. At Minnesota by 13, that was a bad loss. Ugh. And then Northwestern came in and beat them by nine. So that was a really bad loss. But Northwestern, like I said, is playing well. Then Ohio State beat them in Madison by one. And that was a, a, a game that's going to turn Ohio State's season around because mm-hmm. that locked them up for the tournament. So now Michigan State goes in. Michigan State's rolling. They got they got pain back. They're feeling good. I'm pretty sure Appling probably will play in the game. He'll play, yeah, because yeah. x-rays were negative on that. Right. So so uh, I, I think we both can agree, and I, I'd like for you to give me the points. But I think Michigan State will be favored I, in that game. Definitely. I like Michigan State to win, and I would assume they'll be favored. Michigan State just needs to hope that I mean, I guess Wisconsin's season is just spiraling out of control at this point, and they can get in there and get out and stay stay on pace with Michigan in the Big Ten. So what do you think the spread's going to be going into that one if Michigan State's favored? Well, when we talked earlier, I, I think we both agreed on four and a half, but, mm-hmm. but as I'm – I just – it depends on where people are coming at with Wisconsin because 
yeah, are, I could see us being plus two or something heading into the game. Mm, wow. I'm going to say that Michigan State's going to be favored by three and a half. Okay. So that's that's my my choice on that one. So yeah, I said four three and a half. half four. I, I think we're correct in that. Span. I don't think I'll be surprised if I wake up and the Italians from the future know something I don't. <laughs> and, and Michigan State's plus two or three going into that game. Right, and then we'll say, wait a second, what's going on here? Yeah, because then we start going. Oh, no. Yeah, and that's exactly why I want to do this now. So, and do you think so? You think Michigan State's going to win? If we win, we'll probably cover the four and a half. Or do you think it's yeah? Gonna be- I mean. Usually when I see three or something like that, it's just so hard to not cover that. It's essentially money line because there's fouls and all that good stuff. I got ticked off last night because Cincinnati was minus six against Connecticut, and they were trailing, and I said, I'm okay with this because all they need to do is get it close. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it was a four-point game, and I said, okay, this is perfect. And then Connecticut hit a three with like 32 seconds to cut to one. I was like, dang it, and it ended up at five points. And I just said, I knew at that point. But the four or five, you know, if a team's going to win, they're probably going to win by three and a half or four, even these days because you can pop a three and get a quick foul or something more free throws. So I don't know. The over-under will be interesting in this one, too, because Wisconsin was scoring big points at the beginning of the year, but lately I'm looking, they got 58, 56, 58, 68. So they, they've been scoring less points. Michigan State's been averaging about 80 a game, so we'll we'll see if they can go in there and keep the offense rolling. Yeah, I mean, that means we're looking at an over-under somewhere around 138 or something. So I'd, I'd go under that. You think? Yeah, I mean, you just, in the Big Ten, I always just like to side on the, the on under. On the under, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. I mean, I guess that's that's the best we can do on walk the line, you know. Yeah, we were trying something new with basketball today. We'll we'll get better at it. I'd be interested to see how right we are on predicting the lines. That's that's really what I am. So, I mean, it it like we said, we wrapped up um, NFL. We're done with that, and now we're gonna just get into a new. Maybe game. Maybe I can start being right. Yeah, and I'm looking forward here in the in the next few weeks. Maybe we'll get uh, some other basketball experts in to talk Michigan State basketball. That'd see how cool. we, we yeah. progress. Um, what's last thing? What's Michigan State's schedule like this week? Do do they have another game coming up? I'm sure they do. Let's take a look. Sure. So they're at Wisconsin Sunday. Yeah. They got Northwestern at home on Thursday, February 13th. So That's the here. day before Valentine's Day. Okay. But man, our home games left are terrible. We have Northwestern, Nebraska at home. Then they go to Purdue on the 20th. Uh-huh. That's another Thursday. So only one game next. So we go Sunday, Thursday, and then they have a week off. Wow. They have a weekend off. Uh-huh. Another good thing. And then, sure. then it's the big game. February 23rd. At Michigan. At Michigan. on the, That's a Sunday. Mm-hmm. So look out for a loss at Purdue. That's a danger game. Three yeah. days before the Michigan one. It's And for no matter how bad Purdue is, it's always tough to play. Yeah. What is that? Mackey Stadium. Mackey right Arena. Yeah. Yep. And then so at Michigan, home versus Illinois, home right. versus Iowa, to Ohio State on the ninth. It looks wrap. like a Big Ten championship possibility, especially if Iowa can beat Michigan tomorrow. So yeah, every game, every game matters. Now we're we're rooting for any team that plays Michigan. Yep. Cool. All right. Now, as we finish up here, I'm getting some weird echo in the mic. I don't even know right now. So, hey, you know what? Should be expected. We made it through. That was episode 19. So, uh, our uh, our show can now get into bars in Champagne Urbana. (laughs) All right. That's cool. You know, hey, it's a good. It's good to be 19. We can go Um, watch Illinois lose. That's right. Huh? Jeez. Oh man. Well, hey, look. I'm enjoying Michigan State basketball. You heard the squeak. I'm moving the mic out over here to uh, to play us out. So uh, it was a little choppy. We're, we're getting used to it. Like, Ryan and I have to adjust on the fly here, you know? We, we got a, a new thing to do here on Walk the Line, but it's still fun nonetheless. And I almost wish that uh, you guys were privy to the text messages that Ryan and I sent throughout the week. We're like, LIU Brooklyn's down 9 nothing. I was like, oh, man, Ryan lost the LIU Brooklyn game. Oh, man, poor guy. He must feel like hey, crap. They, they, played, they played Indiana Tough on the road. So I, I was like, hey, I don't care who they're playing. If you can play Indiana Tough, you can cover the six points they were getting there. Right, and, and all's well that ends well for me because I told Ryan, you got to take that seven points from Oregon State last night uh, against Arizona State, and they only last by four. Who so. you got in Iona Fairfield tonight. That's I got to break down Iona Fairfield. That's how, yeah, we'll do that at dinner time tonight. <laughs> so, but then Ryan will make some crazy four four leg party. It's already been made. Oh, for, for Ivy League? It's, it's I love made. it. So, yes, that's Walk the Line in our brains. But uh, thank you guys for listening to Walk the Line here at Impact Sports, Impact 89 FM. My name's Dan Cryer, and that's Ryan Smith. Ryan, say adios to everybody. Adios. It was another great time. Yeah, great time, everybody. So thank you for joining us, and I'm going to play us out here. Here we go.
Brandon and Brian You just listen to Walk the Line And I say bye Peace Take care everybody